Okay, so today we are continuing through the book of John. Uh, Today we are in chapter 7, and we are going to cover verses 14 through 30. Seems like a lot of verses, but we'll break it down pretty good here. Uh, There's some good stuff in here. Uh, Anytime we get to any of these parts where Jesus is going at it with the Pharisees, it's uh, always a lot to learn. So I'm going to read through 14 through 30 real quick here. Now it says, But when it was now the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple area and began to teach. The Jews then were astonished, saying, How has this man become learned, having not been educated? So so Jesus answered them and said, My teaching is not my own, but but his who sent me. If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know about the teaching, whether it is of God or am I speaking up from myself. The one who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who is seeking the glory of the one who sent him, he is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Did Moses not give you the law, and yet none of you carries out the law? Why are you seeking to kill me? The crowd answered, You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered them, I did one deed, and you all are astonished. For this reason, Moses has given you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And even on a Sabbath, you circumcise a man. If a man receives circumcision on a Sabbath, so that the law of Moses will not be broken, are you angry at me because I made an entire man well on a Sabbath? Do not judge by outward appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. So some of the people of Jerusalem were saying, Is this man not the one whom they are seeking to kill? And yet look, he is speaking publicly, and they are saying nothing to him. The rulers do not really know that this is the Christ, do they? However, we know where this man is from. But when the Christ comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus cried out in the, temple te- in the temple, teaching and saying, You both know me and know where I am from, and I have not come from myself, come of myself. But he who, is, who sent me is true, whom you do not know. I do know him because I am from him, and he sent me. So they were seeking to arrest him, yet no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. All right, so Jesus is having a a good session here with the religious leaders. There's a there's a good summation in here. When when we are willing to do his will, we will know his teachings. Because we are able to judge righteously and live comfortably in his timing. These are all things that we need badly in our lives. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. We need the Father's will in our life. We need the true Scriptures. We need righteous judgment. And we need rest in God's timing. The world that we live in does not advocate that. Does not advocate those things. We live in a world of do as you will, be true to yourself, They don't want to hear about the Holy Spirit and how He changes you from what you were. 
The world's not going to tell you that we have the true Scriptures. They'll say, truth, how can you know this? There's so many other religions. Pick one of theirs. It'll be just as valid. And righteous judgment, we know very well that the second that the word judgment comes out, people will come out and say, well, what about Matthew 7, verse 1, that says, judge not that you not be judged. That's the first thing that comes out of people's mouths. Because they don't see the context that happens just a few verses later where it says don't be a hypocrite if you're going to judge. They want righteous judgment. Outside of the church, we'll hear that the only timing that there is is yours. Whatever you make happen. Sometimes you hear that inside of the church. I've heard some people say that you can manifest what will happen in your life. You can't do anything. It's all God's timing. You can pray for things, but it's all God's timing. So we look at verse 17 here where it says, If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know about the teaching, whether it is of God or, or am I speaking from myself. So draw out this sentence more. See exactly what it's saying here. Because it says, as we see here, if anyone... If anyone, it doesn't matter the person's age, it doesn't matter the person's background, it doesn't matter your education level, if anyone is willing to do his will. There's nothing being forced here. You have the choice if you want to serve God. You have the choice if you want to be in his will. If anyone is willing. But he says that if you are, that you will know whether a teaching is of God or not. So we can't stress how important that set of verse there is. Those with the desire, those with the submission to the will of God will be the most competent in judging truth and authority because you have the will of God with you. These are the kind of people that we need in society. These are the kind of people that we need leading our towns, leading our churches, people that we need in our houses, right? These are the people that we need. These are the people that we all should strive to be. We can't be a 10-year, a 20-year, a 50-year Christian and not have some idea what good doctrine is. We have to know what our Word says. But not only do we have to know it, we have to be in His will to really know what it means. When you've submitted to Christ... The Spirit will guide you when you're, when you're looking at these texts. These texts that He has handed down to us. And you will be able to apply them to your life and you will be able to show them to other people. It's not just... What, what we have to see here is that when, every time Christ talks about things like this, it's a spiritual application. It's not just go in, memorize Matthew, memorize Luke, whatever it is you're doing, and then you're going to be good to go. We see here that what he says first is not memorize what I've told you. He says those who are willing to do his will. Now we covered two or three Sundays ago what Christ said the will was of the Father. And the will was that we would follow his Son. That is the will that he is talking about here. That is what he's talking He wants us to submit to his Son. And that is 
like we said before, very contrary to what the world says, because we're all taught nowadays to be strong, to be independent. We don't need anybody. We can do everything ourselves. The Bible says differently. The Bible says submit to Christ. Submit to God. Spouses, submit to each other. The Bible says to love those who you don't want to love, even your enemies. Imagine that. Even your enemies. If we're willing to do His will to follow Christ, that's what's included in there. So no matter where we are at, what we have done, what we are doing, we're asked to make Him our King. A real King, not just in name. And when we do that, this Scripture says here that we will begin to understand what His Word says. We will begin to understand the context of what His Word says. We will know His Word. And we will know if it is from Him or not. So this helps us in regards to our personal life, our personal relationship with Christ. It helps us when we're in our house of worship, wherever, whatever that church happens to be. Because when you are in His will and you know how to discern His Word, you're going to know if the Yahoo standing up here is preaching something that is of His will. You're going to know, is this teaching from God? Is this based in His Word? Or is it just something that this guy is making up? Do the teachings give glory to God? All good discernments that we all need in our life. And it doesn't bother Christ that we just try to discern what's going on with things like this. Because His Word is true and it's going to pass the test. And as teachers, as believers, and I know we, we sometimes think that only the guy standing at the front is a teacher, but you're a teacher. Who have you taught in your life? Anybody who's had children has taught people. Sometimes it's just having friends you've taught people. So everyone is a teacher. But for teachers, for, Christ, for us Christians, we should want to test all these things because we want to be in what is true. We don't want to be sitting in error like some people are when they are trapped in cults. And you'll, know, you'll notice that when somebody is trapped in one, they don't want to test it. They don't want to hear what the Scriptures say. They don't want to hear what the Scriptures say compared to their extra Scriptures because they are comfortable in where they're at and they don't really want truth. But if the Spirit resides in you, if you're in the will of God, Christ says that you will know the truth. And you, when you know the truth, you're going to know it's false too. He says that you will, you will know, he says here, he says, if somebody is in his will, he will know about the teaching, whether it is of God. So in knowing and in believing in him, giving full allegiance to the Son of God, when you have all these things lined up, these godly principles are going to illuminate for you if you search them out. And they will guide you. They will comfort you. They have most certainly guided and comforted me in my life. They will bring you joy. And they will bring you closer to God. And God says that you will receive the knowledge that you need when you're in His will and you're in His Word. And you will understand them. 
verse 24 says in our verses here, do not judge by outward appearance, but judge, by, but judge with righteous judgment. According to the Jewish leaders here, they were righteous and Christ was the sinner. Christ was the sinner for them. He had dared to make somebody whole on a Sabbath day, even though they will circumcise people on a Sabbath day. He was pointing out the hypocrisy there, that they will remove a physical part of somebody, but because he would make somebody whole, they are accusing him of violating the law. And then he didn't just heal the person physically, because we see when he catches up with him later, what does he tell him? He says, go and sin no more. He wants him to heal spiritually as well. And they hated him for this, and they had unrighteous judgment upon him. They were prejudiced already against him because he wasn't one of them. He wasn't educated like them. He didn't have the lineage that they wanted. He was from Nazareth. So he was not the righteousness that they wanted. He didn't even look good. The guy in our pictures here, he looks good. He does. He looks like a good-looking guy. But that is not what Scripture tells us. Scripture says that Jesus was not the best-looking of men. He was raised in Galilee. <clears throat> he took the form, as we said in our Scriptures earlier, for communion of a bondservant, being born in the likeness of men. He had no majesty, not with how he looked. And if you looked at him, the Scripture actually says that you would not take pleasure in looking at him. You'd probably look at him and go, ooh, that's a little rough. It's a little rough for me. And yet he was equal with God because he was God. Now, Matthew 23, 28 shows the, the demeanor of the Pharisees where Jesus says, so you too outwardly appear righteous to people, but inwardly you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So they were upholding these false ideals and people were buying into it. People said, well, they look good. They, they have money. They have authority. They must be right. But that's not always the case because people were not examining what was going on. They weren't showing that, that spiritual discernment to see, are these people really leading us right? Because they made them feel like they were good by upholding all these extra laws that they were bringing in. They were man-made. We saw that a couple, uh, couple Sundays ago. And people got sucked into it. And they just they put all their faith in what the Pharisees were saying. Even though, as Christ says here, they were full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. They were exuding this, this, this aura like they held up the law. And Christ says, you're not following it at all. They were missing on the grace received and the grace given. And that's God's most beautiful gift to us. I'm going to look at verse 30 here. And that will be the last verse we look at on this. Where it says, So they were seeking to arrest Him, and yet no one laid a hand on Him, because His hour had not yet come. I think we all understand by this point, they wanted to arrest Him. They were seeking to arrest him. Their leaders were telling him, you better arrest him right now. And they would have killed him that day if they could have. Now, 
based on what the Scriptures say, in my opinion, could be wrong here, the Father was not allowing this to occur. He would not allow them to arrest him. But if you notice, when they went back to their leaders, and we'll see it uh, next week because I think it's a couple verses ahead, they asked them, why didn't you do what we said? Why didn't you arrest this man? They didn't say that there was some miraculous thing that happened, a light out of heaven stopped us, or we heard a voice that said, don't do this. They said, never has a man spoken in this way. They heard the words of Jesus and they couldn't do it. That speaks to the power of Him. That speaks to the power of words of truth that He was, that he was giving them. And that's why truth is so important even in our day and age. You speak truth, people will hear it. Not everyone's going to like it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they do. Some people's sins get irritated by it. But we also see seeds planted. We don't see it right at that moment, but all of a sudden years later we do. We see believers get nurtured by truth. Biblical truth is powerful, and that's why in the first century when Christianity came about after the resurrection, it spread like wildfire, even though they were killing them left and right. It didn't matter. It was going to spread. Sometimes you hear about people who preach, they get killed for the name of the gospel. There was a uh, preacher down in Phoenix I've been kind of following. He actually, uh, he lived, I don't know, a couple blocks away from, from my old house. And he was standing on a, on a street corner preaching, and somebody shot him in the head. So sometimes things like that happen, even our, in our first world country. Now thank God he's, uh, they say he's recovering. But some people go decades preaching, that doesn't happen. It depends on the hour that God has set for us. Christ had His, and I think Scripture shows that we have ours. Because do we believe that God has a plan for us? That is the question for everyone. Do you believe that God has a specific plan for you in your life? Does He have a path for you to walk? You have a walk. You have a ministry. Ministries are not just churches. You have a ministry, especially if you are raising a family. That is your ministry. You are ministering to your children every time you talk to them about Christ. So what is your timeline? What do you have on your timeline? How long will it go? It will go as long as the Father wills it. Not a moment shorter, not a moment less. There is not one person on this earth that is powerful enough to cut short the timeline that God has set for you or to make it any longer. So that's why we shouldn't fight it. We, don't, we shouldn't feel weak or unworthy of sharing the gospel with somebody. You might share the gospel with one person this month and maybe that was your ministry. That's okay. That's okay. The Spirit of God is residing in you. You don't have to be afraid to do it. Maybe you just needed to help somebody this month. Just be nice to somebody. Maybe that was what it was. I don't know. God has a different plan for everybody, a different walk for everybody. But when we are willing to do His will, we're going to know His teachings in this book. We're going to know how to judge righteously. And we're going to live comfortably in His timing. God doesn't force us, like it said in the Scripture here, willing. Willing. 
if you are willing. And if we haven't made that choice today, then make it. Align yourself with Him. There's no special set of verses to read to become a Christian or to fully submit yourself. Maybe you're just halfway there. You just have to submit yourself to Him. You just have to say, this is my King, and really mean it. Then you will know His teachings are true. You will share His teachings to your family, to your friends. You will live His teachings in your life every day. You will judge His teachings and other things in your daily life because you can't go, what, an hour through your life without making a judgment call. It's just making a decision. And you will know that God has a timeline for you, that He has seasons set for you. Some are better than others, it seems. We all have those rough ones. We all have those good ones. And that's okay because when we know that we have these seasons that are set for us, we know also that there's going to be a pinnacle for us. The peak for us is not at this at a young time in your life or the happiest moments in your life, but it's going to be right when you're about to cross the veil. When you get called to the other side into an eternity of unearned grace received in heaven. And it's all going to be based on belief in Christ during your time here and now. Uh, I hope I did those.